Hey, this is Charlize Rideau, president and founder of Body Brain's Bank Account. And if you want to learn six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to significantly build professional relationships, you should be listening to Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hi, I'm Stacey O'Byrne, and I get to hang out with successful entrepreneurs, business owners, sales professionals, and some of the top business influencers and thought leaders in the world. You see, I believe that it's important to learn the art and science of how to sell without selling, and that is the only way to achieve six and seven figure success. So if you want to be a success magnet, attract quality people in your network and significantly increase your sales and ultimately your success, then you're in the right place because this is the Sell Without Selling podcast. Hey, welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Tarlise Rideau. Tarlise is a powerhouse when it comes to social media and social networking skills. For the past eight plus years, she has helped thousands of online users increase their engagement, gain followers, and get their brand in front of their target market. In addition to being an organic traffic expert, Tarlise is also a certified stress management coach and certified holistic life coach that has personally mentored hundreds of entrepreneurs internationally. Tarlise has been featured in multiple online publications, blogs, media appearances, and podcasts teaching others how to live more and stress less. I think we could all use a lot of that. Regardless of your following size or lack of advertising budget, Tarlise will introduce you to techniques and resources to gain customers and raving followers while decreasing stress during the process. Hey, I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I'm really excited for you to hear today's conversation with Tarlise. She is a true meaning of the word rock star. This is going to be a phenomenal conversation. I promise you get a pen and paper and let's dig in. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business, in your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If that sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Hey, Tarlise, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Is, I am beyond be <laughs> excited. You know, it's really funny. I've known you. We've known each other on social media for probably a decade, give or take. And, yep. you know, I can't begin to tell you how much I love you. I just, oh. you know, I just feel so connected to you. You're a phenomenal person. 
And I am so excited for the listeners to really get to hear all about you, get to know you, and really the grit and what it takes to make shift happen, right? Yep. Yeah. I know it's funny. We've known each other about over a decade. I was like, why am I nervous for this conversation? I'm a little bit nervous. I got to be honest. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? This will be oh, fun. Oh, <laughs> no. We're going to talk about a lot because, you know, I've, I've seen you make shift happen in everything you touch. You're kind of like Midas, you know, you're like the the modern day version of Midas. You touch it and it just turns to gold, right? Thanks for saying that. You know, I, you've seen some of the greatest ups and my deepest, <laughs> darkest downs you really have. And you've, you've coached me through a lot of it, but you know, at the end of the day, sales is something that it's just the center of everything that I do. But it's so interesting because even yesterday, someone reached out and said, I don't understand how no matter what you're doing, you seem to have success with it. Like, what is it? I was like, that's a great question. I think Mm -hmm. I'm going to be asked that on a podcast soon. I think so too. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really curious, you know, you probably are the most transparent person I have ever met on social media. I mean, you share it all, the good, the bad, the ugly. How is that for you from a professional aspect? Does that help you? Does that hinder you? What does it do for you? So in the beginning, I felt like I was kind of verbally vomiting on everyone. And I really was sharing everything. There was zero filter. And at first, before people got to know me, they were like, whoa, I had a mentor reach out and go, I don't think you should say that. It's going to keep people from wanting to work with you. But what I realized is People don't always want the bright and shiny, perfect, everything's great. Look at my Mercedes, look at my beach house. They want to know that there's actual trials and tribulations that when something bad, quote unquote, happens to them, it's not actually bad and you can leverage that and you can build from it. And so I just decided that if I'm going to share the good, I have to share some of the bad process. Like just yesterday, I was like, I've been crying all day. It's been a really rough day. Everything, <laughs> everything's good in my life. But I got to be honest with you guys, because if I share all the good, I have to share some of the bad. My inbox, I got at least a dozen messages of people saying, thank you for this. I was really doubting myself and I was having a difficult day. And I, I look up to you and I think you're so successful. And to see something like this come from you, it really did shift my day. And so I just know that just opening my heart up a little bit, I don't do it for sales. I don't think, oh, I'm going to tell this story to get more engagement. I really just share what's on my heart. And in the beginning, it backfired a little bit. But now after a decade or so, it's people really do appreciate it, respect it. And yesterday, I was a little bit more vulnerable than I have been in a while. And my inbox was a reflection of that. And I said, you know, I'm glad I put that out there because people want to know that it's okay if they feel discouraged in their business or maybe sales didn't go the way they wanted or they're not getting the engagement they want. That's not a bad thing. That's something to, to learn and grow from. I love that. So I can't even let this episode happen without talking about the little man in your life. How's Mr. Fred doing? <laughs> he's so good. He's starting He's starting to lose his hearing. So I don't know if he's just ignoring me or... <laughs> but I've, I've had the same chihuahua for about 15 years. And, you know, speaking of ups and downs, he has been... He's moved to 30 different locations with me. He's so great. Yeah. Such a joy in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure if he's the mascot of Body, Brains, and Bank Account or if he's the CEO of Body, Brains, and Bank Account. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny. And some of the new marketing material that we put up, he's in it. And I was like, we, we have to show him. I mean, <laughs> he is. He's like the mascot slash CEO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's awesome. He's awesome. So I would love for you to share a story with our listeners, because I, I think it's like the foundation and the definition of what it takes to be successful. Because I believe that I live my life by no matter what, whatever it takes, right? And the very first post I think I ever saw from you was the selling your bed story to start your business. And yeah. that, was, that was a thumb stopper for me. I was scrolling, scrolling, saw something about the bed being sold and stopped. And that was really what made me connect to you because you were zero excuses, make it happen. So was that your first business venture? Tell us about that because I really think there's a lot of golden nuggets there for the listeners. So I used to be in commercial finance. When the markets changed, I just realized people were not trying to build hotels and golf courses and churches and stuff like that. And so I found myself in a really weird position. And that was right after my mom had passed away as well. So I was kind of losing my career. I didn't want to go into regular mortgages. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I was kind of still dealing with my mom passing away. And so I just went into a really dark spot in my life. And so I was like, what can I do to get out of this? So I went into network marketing. I knew nothing about network marketing. I joined a company that was like $5,000 or $7,000, I think, to get in. I never sold anything. I, <laughs> I was just like the cheerleader, you know? And so I was feeling, I was like, oh man, I failed at this. I failed at this. So I went back to working at a restaurant, which is something that I did during my college days. That was such a difficult time for me because people that I had worked with in the network, I mean, in the mortgage industry would come into my restaurant and see me and be like, wait, weren't you just doing million dollar deals? What's going on? And so I had this really weird identity crisis that was happening. And so I decided, you know, I gained a lot of weight. I gained almost 80 pounds. I just, I was completely outside of myself. And so I found a company to join as a customer just so I could lose weight and start, you know, working on myself. And then after I started getting in better shape and feeling better about myself, I thought, oh, well, this is really cool. I can actually join the business. The funny thing is, though, the reason I was with the network marketing company is that if I brought three people in, then I would get my product for free. And so mm -hmm. while I wasn't making any money, I wasn't making any money, I could still get free product. And I just got to the point where I was in my way. I was for a little bit, for a couple of months, making excuses. And one day I went to use my phone and it was shut off. And mm -hmm. I was like oh my gosh. Okay. I can't use my phone. So I went into messenger and I reached out to the guy that I joined in and I said, I'm doing this business. What do I have to do? He's like, well, it's 500 bucks. I was like, ah, I don't have $500, but I do have a bed. I do have like a toaster oven. I do have a blender. And I just, I literally sold all of my belongings. I borrowed an air mattress from my cousin. I found out a way to pay for the distributor kit. And then I actually ran through the ranks of that company to what would be a quote unquote six figure income and ambassador level. And I just did what I had to do. So I slept on an air mattress. One of my very first YouTube videos, I recorded it from my air mattress. You can see that you can see the air mattress in the background. But I just, like you said, sometimes you just have to burn the boats and do what you have to do. And I was like, look, I can live off free shakes. I'm going to do that as long as I need to. I can sleep on an air mattress until my phone got turned back on. I used Facebook Messenger to prospect through and get customers. And I just showed up every day and my car had been repossessed as well. 
And so I rode a bicycle to opportunity meetings. And when people would ask me, like, did you ride your bike here? I'm like, yeah, it's a health and wellness company. Why wouldn't I? You know, I just was like, (laughs) (laughs) great spin. (laughs) (laughs) Like, of course I did. But, you know, I really did. I just said, no excuses. You don't need a phone. You can use the messenger. You don't need a car. You can ride a bike. You don't need a fancy bed. You can sleep on an air mattress. And I just put myself in that mindset. And I think a lot of what people don't understand about sales is it really does have to do with mindset. And I love that you teach that and you say skill set's important, but you need to believe in what you're selling. You need to get in the right frame of mind to be able to do it. And so I really had to flip that switch from being overweight, feeling sorry for myself to saying, what if, like, what if I could actually make this happen? And what if I could get a car? And what if I could live wherever I wanted? And so when I made that mindset shift for myself, miracles happen. I mean, I still had to show up. I still had to do the work and do the calls and everything, but it changed my life. And so, yeah, I sold my bed and rode a bike. <laughs> it's funny looking six back figures. on it now. <laughs> and I did. And, you know, it inspired a lot of people though, because I know that yeah. there's a lot of people that look at their bank account and they value themselves based on their bank account. I did that mm-hmm. for a long time. And so you know, if you used to ask me what success meant, I would say, oh, the beach house and a certain amount of money and a car. And now I'm like, no, success is me being congruent with how I'm feeling inside and, and manifesting the sales and the relationships and the net the people in my network that I want. Like that's when I feel the most successful. When when there's no disconnect between what I want and what I'm doing, like that's where I pull my success from now. Amen. That's beautiful. Yep. It's funny. People keep asking me. How do you continue to create success over and over again? And my answer is, it's really easy. You have to do the inner work before the outer will ever work. You have to. And it's all about that congruency and authenticity. It's funny because Mary Lou and I tell people all the time, you have to be a cat. Congruent, authentic, and transparent. It is the only way you'll ever really truly achieve success. So you brought up direct sales and, and that was a big opportunity for you. And, and look, I've seen you go from opportunity to opportunity and just mm-hmm. continue to make six figures easily. You made it look easy and effortless. And when I say you made it look easy and effortless, it was also very evident that there was that four letter word behind it, W-O-R-K, work, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you think so many don't make it? when it's in direct sales? A lot of times people that are going into direct sales, they want to get away from a job. You know, they're like, get away from the just over broke. And Mm -hmm. I treated it the exact opposite. I treated it as a job. I gave myself office hours. I gave myself targets and goals. I treated it like I had a boss, even though I didn't. And I think that's where a lot of people fail is that they just want to go work for themselves and, oh, this is going to be so easy. And then when there's not the personal accountability there, they go, oh, well, it doesn't work. Oh, this doesn't work, you know? And so for me, I had to say, what are my office hours? How many calls am I willing to make? How many follow-ups am I willing to make? You know, a lot of people will blast their opportunity online and then never follow up. I'm like, you guys, people have have things going on. You got to get in front of them more than once. And so for me, it was always about how many people am I willing to reach out to? What hours am I willing to set? And it doesn't even have to be a long time. You could say, I only have half hour a day. But you show up fully in that half hour day, you turn off your notification, you tell, you know, your significant other, you have to work and you show up and do the work. And I just, I've worked with thousands of people like our last team, 
we had, even in the beginning, we had 20,000 plus people. And it's just very interesting. The people that think that it's get rich quick and think that it's simple. And then they realize, oh, wait, you actually have to talk to people. You actually have to (laughs) reach out to your network. You have to follow up. Like funnels seem great, but there really isn't a magic funnel that can replace empathy and being a real person, honestly. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I tell people all the time, when we're an entrepreneur, when we're a business owner, we have the best boss ever. Because when we ask for a day off, we get it. And we have the worst boss ever. Because when we ask for a day off, we get it. And people don't understand in order to achieve success, you have to have a plan. It's a non-negotiable because it would be like going to the airport, walking up to the ticket counter of your airline and saying, I want to go on vacation. Well, where do you want to go? I don't know. (laughs) Well, then how am I going to get you there? Right? Success is the same thing. So direct sales, right? You went from commercial lending to direct sales to stress management coaching. What is a stress management coach? So what I realized is my husband and I used to work together on a program called the trainer method. And we focused Mm -hmm. that around the same thing that my personal brand is named, which is body brains bank account. We would help them with their mindset, get them moving every day, and then also help them with business. And one thing that I learned from three years of working with hundreds of entrepreneurs is that 90% of them plus were stressed out. Mm -hmm. The reason they were not doing the work is because their home life was getting in their way or their kids were getting in their way or something external was keeping them from their business. And so I randomly one day saw a stress management certification come up and I was like, I don't know if this is a sign from wherever, but I'm going to take it. It just helped me communicate better with my coaching clients and, and let them know that this stress can be, you can compartmentalize this. It does not have to affect your business. And so it was something that I don't even know how I got into it. I just saw it pop up one day. But it has made such a difference in my client's life because they realize I'm stressing about something that happened in the past, or I'm stressing about something that hasn't even happened yet in the future. This has nothing to do with my current business. And the more awareness that I can help them, you know, I help them with meditation and breathing and sulfagio frequencies and all these things that they didn't think were important to their business. But now it's funny because the majority of um, testimonials I actually get are around, oh, I did your meditation the other day, or I did a breathing technique. And who would know that people would be making six figures because of these things. But when you can get back into control of your body and realize that this stress is just one little sliver of the the bigger pie, it makes business more fun and Mm -hmm. so much more enjoyable for both of us, you know, as a coach and as a client. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny because I'm married to, well, Mary Lou is a holistic health practitioner. She has a PhD in metaphysical sciences and uh, she has a master's in holistic life coaching and a bachelor's in some sort of uh, religion. And uh, she always gets mad at me when I mess it up. I'll, I'll pay for that later. I just will make sure she doesn't listen to this segment of this episode. I'll fast forward it. <laughs> so I say all that to say when I met Mary Lou, I was hardcore type A personality. And she was like hardcore, airy fairy, woo woo, tie a string on her ankle so she didn't float away. And somewhere through us getting to know each other, we've kind of crossed paths and I've ended up a little on the, on the woo woo side and she's kind of ended up a little bit on the hardcore side. And, you know, we're each other's yin and yang. 
And when I first met you like a decade ago, you were that hardcore type A personality. And I have watched this evolution of metaphysics happen with you. And I've also, I've watched you completely transform. It's been really cool to watch from the outside looking in. What has this transformation done for you as it applies to your ability to live on a foundation of success? I have become so much more empathetic to others. You know, I used to be just go, 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 make the sales. It doesn't matter. I don't want excuses. I sold my bed. You figure it out. And now I'm, <laughs> I really was. In the I know. I was just like, I don't care. And, but it's made me, like, I've become such a better communicator. Sales has become so much easier to me because I'm not just waiting for the person to stop talking so that I can give my pitch. I'm actually listening and building friendships and you know, it's so great because I've realized majority of the business that I've been getting lately, it's from someone making an interjection going, you've got to meet this Charlie scroll. Oh my gosh, you've, I've seen her evolution. And so I think that me being a little bit more soft and just understanding where other people are coming from, not just my own perspective has made such a huge difference. And I did not realize in the beginning that I was just so focused on my own targets and my own goals mm-hmm. that I wasn't really caring to take the time to get to know each other. And so now you know, one of the guys that I work with almost every single day, he's the very first guy that I ever met in network marketing 11 years ago. And I said, it's so cool to have those relationships still a decade later that they're referring me people and they're calling me and and giving me business. And so I just thought if I wouldn't have taken the time to actually become a kinder, softer human being, and was just focused on sales. I don't think that these relationships would be happening. And so That has really been the solid foundation because I've realized sales really is an exchange of value and an exchange of energy. And Mm -hmm. before I was like, well, I'm giving you the value. I want the sale. And now I'm like, how are they feeling? Are they, are, do they feel forced? Is it, you know, is this something that they just agreed to because they like me? And now I don't feel that way. I know the value I bring. I know the exchange that's coming from it. And I know that it's going to be long-term, not just that one-time sale. Yeah. So I'll share with you in a second why I asked that question. For me, the Tarlise that I've always known and watched was always a caring human. I just think that before you expressed caring from helping people solve their problems, and that was filling their need for money, and you had no room for excuses in order to make that happen. Now you've had this huge transformation and evolution in emotional intelligence. And that has allowed you to show up differently so you can meet people where they're at to take them where they want to go. Yeah. So the reason why I I had brought up that whole Zen metaphysical transformation that, that I've seen you evolve through over the years is because the old Tarlis, I would have never asked this question to. <laughs> the new Tarlis, when when I say new, I'm talking like the past several years. What do you think about excuses? <laughs> now, now you know why I would have never asked the last Tarlis that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hmm, what do I think now? You know, so I still don't like excuses from people. I'll be very honest. But now I'm realizing I want to dive deeper into why are you actually giving this excuse? Like, where is this coming from? Where is this rooted in? Because like I said, with the stress management, I realize that the people, it's not that they were not making money because they were bad at sales or they didn't have a good product or they didn't know what they were doing. 
it's because they were allowing the external things like their other job or their kids or their financial situation to get in the way. And so now excuses to me, I still am like, come on, let's get through this. But <laughs> I want to get to the root of it now. And before I was just like, get back to me when you're ready. And now I'm like, let's talk about this. Where else does this come up in your life? How long have we been talking about this? And this is something that you and I worked on too, because I had some excuses that I was coming up with and you helped me get to the bottom of, but where is this coming from? And how long have you been using this verbiage? And it really does make a difference because I feel like people have that aha moment where they're like, oh, this has to do nothing with this. It's from my yeah. boss five years ago that told me something or from my kindergarten teacher that you know said X, Y, Z. And so I don't accept them, but I still, I'm so much more empathetic now of let's fix this. Let's uncover it, identify it, and then figure out how we can move another direction that's actually going to be beneficial. For me, I see excuses come up in the form of objections. And I think really objections are a projection of a limitation and a presenting problem. And that presenting problem is what holds people back in everything. And, and how you said, where else is this showing up in their life, if you can be the conduit vehicle to help someone really see a mirror as to how they're saying the same verbiage in every scenario, and they're holding themselves back from everything that they dreamed of, desired, and know damn well that they deserve, you become this friend, this advocate, this partner, and then that, that exchange becomes easy. So for those of you out there that hear excuses from people or from yourself, get really curious as to the foundation of it, right? Because let's face it, the environment we're in right now with COVID and the quarantines and, and the stay-at-home orders, and yes, I am kind of COVIDed out. When I say I'm COVIDed out, what I mean is stop using it as an excuse. And Tarlis, my next question, I, I've asked a, a few guests and and I know where your expertise lies and I know you can really help a lot of people right now because of the pandemic and because of COVID, you know, there's this social distancing, whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> and for me, I don't think the intention was ever to social distance. I think the intention was to physical distance. However, it has inhibited people's ability to reach their prospective clientele. What's your advice to the person who's at home, they can't go out, they can't network, they can't figure out how to find people. What should they do besides so, uh, call you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I just did a class on this last night. I said, I think people really need to figure out a few content buckets that they feel they can provide value in. So like, what are you great at selling or sharing? So mine are always body brains bank account. That's what I give information out. But people are afraid to put themselves out there and they just, they just expect people to come to them. So I'm like, are you going live? Are you sharing value in groups? Do you have a fan page? Are you reaching out to people and, and getting to know them in Messenger? I think just because you can't physically be by someone does not mean you can't still build a relationship and, and get in front of them and engage with them. And the thing is, people are pretty lazy right now. They'd rather just click like than take a few minutes to leave a comment. And so one thing that I have been absolutely diving into lately are where are the areas or the pillars that I can help people how can I create content around that? And then where are these people found? Are they on Instagram? Are they on LinkedIn? You know, should I be going after them in Messenger? Should I just find them in the search function? There are so many people online that are wanting to connect, that are willing to buy. You know, you said, um, we were talking the other day and you said, 
you know, a lot of people are saying they're unsure times right now. And you go, but are there? Like, if you are taking action and you are doing what you need to do, what's so unsure about it? Just keep talking to more people, you know? And I, I really believe that too, because people just say, well, I don't know where to find people. Well, what kind of value are you offering? And then let's find a group. If you love to cook, let's go search for some cooking groups. If you love to sew, let's go find some sewing groups so you can give value. And I think people just say, well, I don't know where to find people. And oh, I'm just going to have to wait. You don't have to wait. And there's people out there looking for exactly what you have. And if there isn't a group, create your own. I just had a great coaching call with a woman that said, well, I was in this group in Florida and they closed it down. And I said, so what's holding you back from starting your own? And she said, I never thought about that. You know, so just because something goes away or something changes, I think when everything is unknown, that's a perfect opportunity to create something different or better or out of the ordinary. Don't you think so? Like when nothing is known, then what a better time to go after what you want. No, absolutely. The whole point of being an entrepreneur is sometimes we forge the path. We never follow it. Right. Mm Yeah. So it's funny because the other day in that same conversation, when, when we were talking about how people were talking about the times are uncertain, there are no uncertain times as an entrepreneur. The one thing I'm certain about is the only thing that's uncertain is if you don't plan on what it is you're going to do next, period. Mm -hmm. So when we were talking about, we were talking about social media algorithms. It's the new excuse for people. Nobody is seeing me. And what you said still makes me, I mean, just out of the blue, I'll sit there and start laughing. So what did you say? Screw the algorithms. I am the algorithm or something like that. I always say that. I always say that. I'm like, I am the algorithm. I create my own algorithm. I create my own momentum. I decide just before we got on this call, we were talking about a new program that I launched and how many people I brought in and where we thought I might've missed the ball. And I said, oh, I know where I missed the ball. I just didn't do X, Y, Z. Like there's no algorithm that got in my way. There's no magical fairy that came and took my business. I did not do the numbers that we talked about because I was doing other things. And so there's no doubt why it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. At the same breath, I said, but what a great experience because now I can relaunch this and now I actually know what needs to be done. And so I'm the algorithm. If I want people to see me, I need to get in front of them. If I want people to watch me, I need to create videos and content around that. And so I think that a lot of people just get away of, I'm afraid to go live or what if no one goes on or what if no one buys? then what a great opportunity to readjust and do it again. So a couple things. First, I want to get, because I know how transparent you are. I want you guys to hear how important organic traffic is. You just heard Tarlise admit she really didn't do everything that she could have or should have to have built this program. And she still made, what, about five grand? Absolutely positively, really like barely doing anything. And she gets to help and serve the people who did get attracted by her not showing up, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine what business would look like if you did show up. So my question is, what do you think prevents people? You mentioned, oh, I'm afraid to go live and stuff like that. Why do you think people are afraid to go live? I think it's the fear of judgment. Just like we were talking about earlier, you know, on Instagram, for instance, you have to have the perfect feed. And do I have a branded photo shoot and does everything look perfect? It's, you know, there's a lot of people that I work with that say, but what if no one gets on? I'm like, then you do it again. Or if it doesn't look good, then you delete it. But what if that one person got on that paid you more money than you've ever been paid before? What if that one person got on that introduced you to a network that's twice the size of yours? What if that one person got on 
that said, I want to hire you for this or have you speak there. People think that they need a huge network. It takes one person to change your life. But unless you get out of your own way, it's not going to happen. And so I asked in one of my groups recently, I said, what's keeping you from going online or or sharing your message or getting your course out? And they were like, fear. I'm afraid people will laugh at me. I'm afraid no one will get on. I'm afraid I won't be able to sell. And it's like, but what if it went the complete opposite? (laughs) What if it was the coolest thing you've done and people were like, I've been waiting for this. I needed it. You know, it's just the illusion of what might happen or maybe something that happened previously. So my advice is rip the bandaid off. Just do it. If it doesn't go the way you wanted, you can always delete it and try it over, but you just never know. And it's just sad to me that sometimes the lack of success only comes from in between our two ears. It's no one else telling us anything. It's no one else Like there are no haters online currently telling these people anything. It's just them wondering and going, what if? And so I think today would be a great day to get out of the way. And if it doesn't work out, then you can always try it again. That's phenomenal. And well, you know, there's a lot of lessons when something doesn't work out. And there's a lot of choices too, because you can either choose to make an excuse You can choose to learn from it or you can choose to never do it again, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I always say choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional, right? Yes, So uh, I'm really curious and I want to pre-frame everything that I'm getting ready to say to kind of help our listeners. Um, I believe wholeheartedly that we're getting ready to see this new immersion of entrepreneurism because corporate America has been forced to lay off forced to cost reduce. They have also realized that they can get productivity done with less overhead by work at home employees. And I really honestly think that moving forward, there's going to be this awakening of people who realize I still have bills and I have to pay them. And this is not an employment market right now. So because of that, this entrepreneurism is going to phoenix out of the flames. Just a guess, just my opinion. I just can't see how people are going to be able to make a living without trying to create their own jobs or paycheck. So a lot of my listeners know my my Phoenix story about how I lost my seven-figure business and really had to re-identify myself, rebrand myself, and build another seven-figure business I got to. You are in the process of starting over, right? Mm-hmm. And what type of advice can you give someone who is either starting or starting over? Yes. It's a very interesting time in my life. I just went through a breakup and part of the split was I pretty much don't get any of it, any of the courses that I was doing, any of the email addresses, any of the websites. So I literally was starting completely from scratch. And it was really difficult for me to be honest, but I took my own advice and said, when nothing's sure, what a great time to actually start over or start and do exactly what you want. Like not someone else's advice, not someone else's program. You can just building block from step one, do what you want. And so if you're just getting started out or you're having to start over, get really clear with what your intentions are and what you actually want. I think a lot of times, and me included, the selling the bed story, we do it out of necessity. And there's that kind of like eager, anxious energy that comes along with it. If you can go... I always talk about future pacing yourself. If you can see yourself as the person you want to be, what that business looks like, how many clients you would like to have. And if you know there was a magic wand waved over it, what would it look like? At least you have that to anchor into. Now, 
let's be honest, that probably isn't how it's going to work out because things don't always work out exactly how we want. But Mm -hmm. at least if you can keep that vision of what you want and the business that you feel you deserve, it really does help. And that's what I've had to do recently. I've had to say, okay, so what kind of coaching business do I want? What are we talking about? Like when I'm talking to my clients, is it about stress management? Is it about social media? Is it about business? You know, one of the good slash bad things is being body brains bank account, it could go anywhere. And so Mm -hmm. I, for me, the rebuilding of my business is getting laser focused on what are the kind of conversations that I want to have? How often am I expecting myself to show up? What does this look like from a social media perspective? And just doing a brain dump and just getting it all out of, these are the hours I'd like to work with. This is my ideal client. This is how much money I have to realistically do this. And just once you kind of get it out, it's like life-changing. I feel I was really stressed out in the beginning of, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? But you know what I did? I went online and I said, hey, I just lost my whole business. Would you guys mind leaving a testimonial below? And I had all kinds of people say wonderful (laughs) things. It wouldn't have mattered to me though if only one person showed up because it only takes one person. But you never know what people think of you or how they'd want to work with you or how they see you online. So for me, part of rebuilding was I just asked, I just asked people if we could work together, what does that look like for you? Or, Hey, have I ever helped you? If so, could you let me know below? If you're just getting started out, you can still ask people, Hey, what's one thing that you would tell someone else about me? Or, you know, if we could work together, what would that look like? And at least you get an idea of what other people think. And then you can kind of match your ideal business with that. And it has been really cool for me because I had no idea how people saw me online. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know what they wanted me to help them with. And it mm-hmm. was a little bit different than what I had expected. And so I just think when, when there's so much uncertainty, it is the perfect time to do something different, step outside the box and get that vision of yours out there for once. That's beautiful. So I know you are an amazing relationship cultivator. So what is networking to you? It's funny. In my mortgage days, networking to me would be just going and collecting a bunch of business cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, now networking to me, it's so much bigger. It's really, it goes back to the empathy. It's cultivating the relationships long-term, not just for that one sale. And mm-hmm. so when I'm networking and meeting other people, I really do love to like ask a lot of questions, get knowledgeable about them. I love to, you know, poking around and doing a little due diligence and seeing what people like. And I have built some of the best relationships because of it, because of just genuinely caring about what that other person is into and what they like. And so networking to me can be scary sometimes because I'm that person that talks to everyone. I'll talk to you at the gas station and the coffee, you know, the coffee house <laughs> and walking your dog and everything. But I think that you just never know who you're going to meet. Mm. You never know the relationships that other people have, the experience. And so I think just getting out of your way and being willing and open to meeting new people can be such a powerful thing. And you can do that online very easily without being spammy, but it's really been about quality time with people lately mm-hmm. um, and not just being so surface level. What about you? I'd love to know what, what your definition is. You know, for me, Pre-pandemic, I have always been a face-to-face relational person. I am a diehard introvert through and through. I My job is to walk into a room and hold a wall up. That is my job. 
it's funny because opposites attract. So everyone that I've ever gone out with and networked with, they're all extroverts. So they flutter by all, all over the room. And, you know, two types of people would always come up to me in a networking event. The one that's going to net vomit all over me and just spew their sales pitch. And then the other one's going to be someone who really understands networking and they truly want to connect. And for me, that one-on-one always worked. Post-COVID or during COVID, it's been uh, this entire virtual world through Zoom and social media. And I have still found a way to do that one-on-one. For me, that mano-a-mano relationship is so valuable because each person, they each have their gift. They each Mm -hmm. have their heart-centeredness. They each have their person, their passion, their purpose, their life, and their story, right? And, and I'm not real big on story. And when I say that, I mean the drama and trauma. Because in my opinion, if you're going to blame your, your bad on your past, you got to blame your good on your past too, right? Yeah. So for me, networking is about meeting people, getting to know who they are, as well as what they do. Because let's face it, we all have a lot of friends, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important to know what someone does so that we know if we can help them or not. You know, I don't meet people to sell to them. I don't meet people to buy from them. I meet people to see how I can be of service to them and how they can be of service to me. And that to me is the foundation of networking now you brought up the spammy stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing this huge, huge tidal wave trend. And some of it's real recent and some of it has been evolving over time. I have just totally almost tuned out of the the messaging box in LinkedIn and Messenger on Facebook Mm -hmm. because all of the DMs are just that buy from me. They're just spammy vomiting, right? I consider you well-established in social media so much so that, that you're teaching my daughter, right? Because my daughter does part of the social media for my business. I love you and respect you so much. I trust you with my business and my daughter. I say all of that to say, what's the best advice that you can give people about connecting online and avoiding that net vomiting, net selling, spammy whole thing? So I think you have to be genuinely interested in the other person. Like I will, I will take time to go and look at their profile to actually see if we could have a mutual exchange of energy. I'll, I'll see if we have connections. And so many people don't do that. I just posted something two days ago where the girl goes, Hey Tara. And I was like, hi, my name's not Tara, but nice to meet you. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like just be a human being. People can tell when it's copy and paste. People can tell when it's ingenuine. And so I believe like lately I've been using voice messenger a lot just so people can see and or hear me or I'll leave a little video doing something just a little bit different besides copy and paste where you accidentally put the wrong name in that really does go a long way saying, Hey, I saw this the other day on your wall. Oh my gosh. Having a a real connection with them and finding the mutual benefits is so important. And no one wants to do that. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand. They're all about the sale, but you know, I can tell. It's desperation. A hundred percent. And I can tell, I'm sure you can tell, but your energy is screaming through that messenger when that's all you want. And so Just take a minute to go look and see if it's even a mutual benefit to you. And if not, just talk to someone else. But it's just, I cannot even tell you how many people call me the wrong name or will say like, 
just something off the wall. I'm like, I think you have the wrong person. They're like, oh, oh, sorry. You know, or like the script, you know, mm -hmm. the, there's a lot of scripts right now that I'm like, come on, just, mm -hmm. just be a human being. My word of advice is I love leaving voice messages or photos. I mean, videos so that they can actually see me and my mannerisms and know I'm not trying to be spammy. I like to always go and actually look at their wall and see something that we can agree on. I see if we have mutual friends and ask if they really know them or how, you know, like do what you would do in person. I did a podcast not that long ago and I said, if you would not go up to someone at a party and do it, do not do it online. And so many people <laughs> like, you know, like if you wouldn't do this face to face, why are you doing it online? And, mm -hmm. and so if you can just kind of keep that in your mind, I think it'll be easier and just put the right intention out and the right energy and a lot of people respond really well. So I have to share a story with our listeners really quick. And then you just said something that, that made me want to ask you something else. So six, seven years ago, maybe a little less, I remember you talking about those form messenger texts that, that people were saying. And we all know them. We've all gotten them. And some probably have done them where, hey, I really like connecting with like-minded entrepreneurs, yeah. people who are like me. And and you turned around and you copied or you screenshot it, posted it and said, wait, if you don't wear Heelys, run out with the kids and, and skate down the street with them. And, and you had this whole list of things. Don't spam me with the like-minded entrepreneur thing. When you wrote that, I had just put my Heelys on to run out and play with my, my daughter's friends because they were all riding the wheel out on the street. And, you know, <laughs> it's funny the whole like-minded thing I'm like tell me how we're like-minded I'd love yeah. to hear this <laughs> <laughs> so so when you said if you're not going to do it in person don't do it online one of the and, and I don't it, it, it's not necessarily new it's new-ish and it's been evolving and happening more and more recently when I see someone post something and their post is is in, in intuitive and expertise and helpful and, and full of service. Other people who either follow them or have friended them or whatever sit there and, and I don't know of any other way to say it, but they're kind of like coyoteing their people. They're trying to one up their expertise mm -hmm. by, by taking that post, pointing out flaws or making themselves look even better or smarter. What do you think about the comment threads like that when people go in and kind of spam your following? I'll usually delete them, to be honest, unless they are of value. But sometimes there's people that that is their only intention. They go to popular posts and they mm -hmm. just kind of look for people that they can spam. Unless I know the person, I don't want them to be in my followers inbox. I don't want there to be awkward conversations because I have had people do that where they go and inbox every single one of my friends and I'm like, Hey, that's my actual cousin, like get away from her, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, it depends if I know the person and I know that their intention is good. They just had a bad delivery. I'll leave it. But if they're just random people that I don't know, and they're doing that, I'll just delete it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, because I know the intention behind it and I'm pretty good at reading energy, but I, I got to say that is such a 
horrible way to do business. Like if you really feel you need to one up someone or you feel that you have better value, um, create your own posts and do it on your own wall and show, show it that way. But you piggybacking or like you said, coyote off other people that usually does not work out well because the intention isn't well. You didn't build that relationship. You didn't start that conversation genuinely. And so if that's something that you've been taught from someone, I would highly suggest not doing it because it feels icky and you can tell that the, you can tell the intention isn't there. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to put it. Yeah, no, no. I think you put it beautifully. So I do think you knew how to put it. (laughs) So, So your company name, Body Brains and Bank Account, you know, being a coach, I'm familiar with the life wheel. For me, I call it the success wheel. You're a holistic life coach. Your body, brains, and bank account really is everything. It is the entire life wheel. It's the whole package. When people look at success, you must look at your body inside and out. You must look at your brain, the mental fortitude, the emotional fortitude, your values, your beliefs, your limitations. And reality is all of that is going to help establish your bank account. And it's really also important to have the mental and emotional fortitude to avoid attaching our self-worth to our net worth, right? Absolutely. so body brains and bank account, what made you start that? So just being transparent, I did it because I was all over the board when I first started. I was like, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that. And so I, I figured this is the easiest way to get the things I care most about in one umbrella. That way, if one week I'm posting about food and the next day I'm posting about meditation, people aren't like, what is going on with this woman? And so in the beginning, I did it just so I could have an umbrella to talk about all the things that I loved. But now, seven years later, as I'm evolving the brand, we're in the middle of evolving the brand right now, I've realized, you're right, this really is a complete circle. Because if one is lacking, it affects the other. If your mindset is not good, chances are your body's you're not sleeping and you're gaining weight and things are not going well. If you're not moving your body, chances are that you're in a bad place mentally and your bank account is suffering because of it. And so we really do have to look at if one's lacking, is it because of the other? And so I have just noticed that when people are out walking and moving and getting to know other people and they're either meditating or breathing, their bank account is usually doing pretty well. And when their bank accounts usually doing pretty well, they usually feel good mentally and they want to get out. They want to talk to more people. They want to go live. And so it's been really cool to our last program. We had everyone keep a, a track every day, like give us a little tally for what you're doing. And we noticed that the people that were doing the best and were the happiest, they filled out all three categories. They weren't just doing their mindset work or just doing their business. And so after seeing hundreds of people over the years, we kind of got the numbers that said, Hey, just want to show you guys the people that are actually using all three areas of expertise are the ones that are doing the best right now and feeling the best. That's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. So I want to ask you a question and then I want to explain why I'm asking the question before you answer it. So how do you balance being confident versus being arrogant? And the reason why I'm asking that is because one of the things I hear from entrepreneurs and business owners when I coach them or when they're in our, in our training is one of the reasons why they're not presented on social media so much is because they don't like, I'm going to say in air quotes, bragging about themselves, mm-hmm. right? They, they don't like talking about themselves or they feel like people don't really want to hear what they have to say. So 
every time I've heard that, it's made me wonder, is this a confidence issue or a fear of arrogance issue? At the end of the day, I don't know too many people that are worried about being arrogant. Like arrogant people, I feel like are just arrogant. <laughs> like, you know, like, you right. know what I mean? They're just, they're just arrogant. So to me, confidence, it, it really, there's, you know, the term heart-centered that comes out a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say, but I really do feel that confidence comes from your soul, from your Absolutely. heart. Like it, it's something that you feel and that you, like you can't fake that arrogance, however, that's in your ego. That's in your monkey mind. That's where you're like, yeah, beating my chest and peacocking. It feels like a completely different energy to me. When someone is confident in their self and they love themselves and their self-image and self-worth is there, that's confidence to me. But someone that's kind of having to show all this and look at my car and look at my house, that to me is more arrogant. And that fizzles out. I mean, after being online for a decade, I'll tell you the people that used to be really arrogant a couple of years ago, not very many of them are right now. And the no, people no, that no, were, no. the people that were, they are, humble is a great word. They've humbled themselves out because maybe the economy or coronavirus, but the people that I've seen over the years building confidence, it's only grown. Or if even if they got knocked down or even if things didn't work well, that's something that they can still tap into because it's in their heart and part of who they are. But I feel like arrogance is more the look at me, look at me because they don't always have things figured out. And so it's easier to show the flashy things and show all the money and the, the screenshots and things like that. That to me is arrogance. I feel lucky the past couple of years that I don't really have very many arrogant people in my sphere of influence. It's more people that if they were, they've become humbled or they've learned from it or they've made it a point to now teach others, hey, I used to be really bad about this. Here's mm-hmm. here's how to actually be congruent with it and inspire people from it. Because if you're just constantly showboating and and look at me, look at me, it, don't, it doesn't last that long, I've just noticed. It doesn't. I agree wholeheartedly. So I have to ask you another question, and then I'm going to ask you the signature question. And, and the reason why I want to ask you the, this next question is because we're fellow coaches, and I practice what I preach. I have coaches. I know you practice what you preach. You have coaches and mentors. Why do you think, from a coach perspective and from an entrepreneur's perspective, why do you think coaching is so important for people to achieve success and everything they wanted in life. Well, let's use like the conversation that you and I have had recently. Look, I feel very successful in my life. I feel mm-hmm. like I have done things that, uh, and not sounding arrogant, but that most people would wish to. And, you know, someone the other day was like, oh, I can't believe that you get so much engagement, you know, just giving me a compliment. But mm-hmm. I said, there are times that I cannot see outside of what I know or what mm-hmm. I've been brought up in or my upbringing or the current situation that I'm in. And I had to have a conversation with you recently to see outside of myself, to see outside of my previous experiences and you know the life work that I've done. And I think having a coach is so important because they allow you to see a different perspective. Like just the questions that you and I were asking back and forth, I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. And so just having that external person that is like, I know that you're thinking about it this way, but what if, and asking the questions and just diving deeper into the stuff that maybe I don't think about, it is life-changing. I mean, I had so many ahas just after the last coaching session that we had. And I said, I would not have been able to break through that because I'm in my own head. I'm in my own lane. I do things how I do them. I'm 42 years old. I've been doing them that way. And so 
having a coach that can just give you a different perspective, give you a, an idea to ponder on, give you something, you know, another avenue to possibly travel. And then you're the one at the end of the day that makes the decision, but just having someone else give you, Hey, have you ever thought about this? <laughs> or, right, you know, right. the cool thing about coaching too, is you learn from all of your other clients. And so you're able to give, you're able to give to me from on this call, I got this at this convention, I learned something else. Or, you know, I had a client five years ago that reminded me of this. And so I'm essentially becoming a sponge for all of the other expertise that you have in the other relationships. And so I think that is so valuable. Like my network, I think is great, but now from learning and coaching from you, I'm also learning from your entire network and I might not even notice that. And so it's just like the spider effect, if you will, that things that I might not even notice. And you're like, Oh, well on my last coaching call, we talked about this. I'm like, Oh, I, this is, (laughs) (laughs) this is really cool. Does that make sense? I think it's just so it's, um, it gets us outside of ourselves. And I, I know that a lot of people think that just because they've hit a certain income mark or because they've done certain things or hit certain accolades that they don't need someone else. And I think that could not be further Mm -hmm. from the truth. You know, one of my friends was talking the other day and they said, Tiger Woods has a golfing coach. He's like one of the best in the world. He needs someone to tell him, but what about this perspective? And what about, you know, doing it this way? And one time I was in Florida and they had this weather element. So, you know, things that he's not thinking about. And I was like, you're right. He does have a coach. So I think even the best people that are at the top of their game, they just need that outside court coaching period. No, I agree. I, I believe that the best of the best always have the best coaches. I believe that we know what we know and we know what we don't know and we don't know what we don't know. And that's what a coach is for. A coach sees those blind spots. A coach can be that mirror. They can also be that sounding board, right? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you for our listeners, if you have excuses as to why you don't have a coach or why you can't have a coach, get a coach. That's about the soundest advice that I can give you. So this is the signature question of the show. What is selling without selling to you, Tarlise? So to me, it goes back to what I mentioned before. So I love asking questions, building the trust, sharing knowledge, painting a vision, and being empathetic. If I can do all of those things, I can sell you. You're going to buy what I have, period, point blank. Going back to empathy, I, I said that so much, but that to me, people relate to me and buy from me because they fill my heart and they know that I'm not just there to wait until they're done talking and sharing knowledge. Like I said, what are some things that you can, that you can set yourself out as an expert in? Because if people already look at you as an authority and an expert, it's so much easier to sell to them because they trust you. They like you. And they're like, she's already got it. Also building trust and asking questions. There's so many people that are spamming right now and are just out for themselves. I schedule 15 minutes a day, every single day to go talk to other people, to comment on their sports posts, not just for the sell, but because I want to be front of mind for them. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I expect to do business with them, they're going to remember the conversations that we have. And then I was like painting a vision for people, like where I see myself going, you know, what my future looks like. I've been talking about writing a book lately. I love letting people know my bigger idea because it just, it gets them intrigued in me and they get interested and then they're in my inbox. And that's where a lot of the sales have come from, from me sharing what my bigger vision is, you know, what I think, my opinion, getting a little bit more raw and real, but 
most of my sales come from that kind of stuff. It's not from me making an actual pitch on my wall. It's not, it's not from me making an actual offer. It's just from me getting out there, spending at least 15 minutes a day, being a real human being and just caring, honestly. I love it. it. That is so without selling from Tarlisa's perspective. I absolutely love it. And it's very much in alignment with, with how I feel about it. So welcome to the random round. So I believe that success leaves clues. And along with that, our listeners get to extract bits and pieces of information from our guests who are successful, and then they can apply it in their life, what resonates with them. First question is professional development, personal and professional development. How do you ingest it? Do you read? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you audible? Do you go to live events when we're allowed to be outside and play? Do you ingest digital products? How do you exercise personal and professional development? I do all of it kind of randomly, depending on how I feel. And here's why. I used to tell myself all the time, I'm a visual learner. I'm a visual learner. I'm a visual learner. And I got stuck in that hole of not consuming other kinds of content because I had the story that I was running for myself. And so Mm -hmm. I said, I don't need to just be a visual learner. I can listen to things and I can get the information just as easily. I can read something. I don't need to see pictures. And so for me, some days I love listening to a podcast. Other days I love shutting everything off and reading a book or, you know, maybe I'll watch videos lately. I've really been into YouTube, which is interesting. I've never been into YouTube before, Mm -hmm. but watching a video and listening to it. And so I go based on how I'm feeling that day, but I realized for about five years, I had myself in a pigeonhole, if you will. And I realized I was, I was missing out on a lot of other content and conversations. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So last random round question, what's your morning routine look like? So I get up in the morning. I do stretching every single morning to move my energy. Mm -hmm. Second thing I do is I go and open the blinds as big as possible so I can see the view and um, I like ocean to, front view. Yes, I, I get to I get to see the ocean, <laughs> but it the ocean makes me so happy. And so I will sit on a little ottoman and I will do some visualization and some future casting for myself. And so mm-hmm. I I do some out loud affirmations. I know you and I worked on some, but I really just put myself into a state after I've stretched. And I love to read first thing in the morning, even if it's just 10 pages. And then I will go outside and go for a walk and I will ground. So as long as I'm stretching, doing some meditation, at least 10 pages, I will do my affirmations, future pacing, visualizations. And then I always go put my feet on the bare earth and then I'll get my day started. So some days that goes by really quickly. Other days, like this morning, I spent about an hour doing it just because I knew we had this podcast and I wanted to be like in the right mood, but I never miss that. And I noticed that the days that maybe I woke up a little bit later or had to rush things, my day just doesn't feel the same. I love it. I love it. Thank you. So, Tarlis, I really appreciate you being on the show and it's been phenomenal talking with you. If our listeners want to reach out or connect with you, what's the best way for them to find you? You can find me anywhere on any social media at T-A-R-L-E-S-E. That's Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram. And we are, depending on when you're listening to this, we are updating my Tarlis.com website as well. So you will be, so anywhere you want to find me, T-A-R-L-E-S-E. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, real quick before I close, what's your book about? So it's all about gratitude. For the past 13 years, I have a tattoo on my arm that says 1234. And I have never missed a day in 13 years of taking a moment at 1234 and giving gratitude for whatever I'm thankful for. So the book is about 
a lot of stories of adversity that I've overcome and the moment of gratitude that I took from it. So I know we didn't go too deep into my story, but you know, my birth father passed away. My mom committed suicide. I've been in the hospital for months. I was in a near death car accident. I've been homeless. Like I had, you want to hear about a story? I got one. And I realized I have learned such a powerful lesson from each one of those things. And even on those days when I was in the hospital, the day I got in the car accident, I still did not go away from taking a moment to, to say what I'm grateful for. And so I'm just going to share some of those stories that I have not shared before, which is a little bit scary, but I think that grat- like gratitude really changes your life. And even from a scientific perspective, it can do wonders for you. And so this is something I've been thinking about for a while. And I said, you know what? No better time than now. Let's do it. So you brought something up and, and I, have, I have to publicly say this. So every training I'm in, every training I'm in, I tell my classes about 1234 because that's a practice. I tell them that a friend of mine's been doing this for years and when she got a tattoo on her arm that says 1234 that looks like a digital alarm clock and I turned around and I set my alarm to go off at 1234 every day, it hits me, well, it doesn't hit me, it vibrates and it gives me that moment of breath, right? Mm-hmm. And every class I talk about my friend, 1234 and gratitude. So everyone, this is my friend, 1234. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it, you know, I, it, uh, I'm like, don't get choked up, but it means so much. I'm like, if there's one thing I could be known for, what a better thing than gratitude, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's phenomenal. <laughs> that's phenomenal. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I love it. I love it. Hey, your success is important to me, and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to head over to Pivot Point Advantage on Instagram. Head over to Instagram and like us and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, second, I'd love you to pop over to Facebook. Pop over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's our Sell Without Selling community. Both platforms, we have an immense amount of interaction. We also leave a little tip every day and we love connecting with people on both platforms. And last, last, definitely not least, I would love to chat with you and get feedback on the episodes and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing, suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way, so that you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.